Benjamin Netanyahu comes from the Jabotinsky side of Zionism. There's nothing religious about that side of Zionism, and they have never pretended otherwise. Jabotinsky was the acme of a virulent nationalist movement. He was openly modeling his movement, of which Netanyahu is the heir on the fascist formations in Italy, in Spain, and even in Germany. Jabotinsky spawned the likes of Menachem Begin and Yitzhak Shamir, who murdered British soldiers and civil servants in the King David Hotel, or hanging by wire in the orange groves around Jaffa. The people who murdered Count Bernadotte of Sweden, the United Nations Special Envoy to then Palestine. They murdered them in cold blood and then became Prime Minister of Israel. They murdered Lord Moyne from the British Parliament. They were narrowly thwarted several times in trying to murder Winston Churchill, even whilst Churchill battled with the Hitlerite hordes as the Prime Minister of Britain. A Spitfire pilot narrowly thwarted a bid to blow up the British Foreign Office. Modern-day terrorism was invented by the Jabotinsky, Shamir, Begin, Netanyahu side of Zionist politics. You don't need to know all that. You don't need to recall, as I unfortunately have and must recall, every blow that was struck in the terrorist campaign against Britain and against the Palestinian people mounted by this noxious political movement. But the one thing you do need to remember is there was nothing religious about it. Indeed, the entire Zionist project was founded by people under the leadership of Theodore Herzl, who had no religion at all. Virtually every single one of them was a declared and avowed atheist. Why does that matter? It matters for two reasons, one historical and one contemporary this very day. It matters historically because all these atheists were united on only one thing. They didn't believe that God existed, but they believed that God promised them the land of the Palestinians that was called Palestine on every map. Every title deed of every square inch of land was entitled Palestine. The people who lived there, whether they were Muslims, Christians, or Jews, were all Palestinians. If can, you can still see now on the iron covers of the drains the words Palestine, you could still see until recent decades post boxes marked Palestine, and indeed with the king's arms, the king's uh, logo uh, upon them. It's important contemporaneously because this is what Netanyahu, the party-going premier of Israel, said today. You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our holy Bible, says Netanyahu. He doesn't, of course, complete the quote, which I will. 
from Samuel 15, 3. Quote, Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants. Suckling, the verbs said. Suckling infants. And their cattle, and their sheep, and their camels, and their donkeys. So there you have it, Benjamin Netanyahu, using your money and with the support of your government, is going to kill all the men, women, children, suckling, infants, cattle, sheep, camels, and donkeys in the Gaza Strip. You comfortable with that? You comfortable, Joe Biden, with that? Not that the Palestinians were the Amalekites. Of course, they no longer exist, but the Palestinians in Gaza will do because they are determined, as documents leaked today make clear, to drive all 2.2 million Palestinians into the desert, the Sinai Desert, sounding more and more Old Testament with every sentence that I utter, isn't it? You comfortable with that? All you Christians out there, you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with that? All you Muslim leaders never done warning and threatening, wagging your fingers if we're lucky. You comfortable with that? The so-called Western world, you comfortable with the fact that there is going to be a biblical massacre and the extirpation, the extermination, let me use the word properly, in relation to an open-air concentration camp, the extermination of 2.2 million people. You comfortable with that? Because it's being done in your name. Don't blame Netanyahu, he's a known mass murderer. That's like blaming Peter Sutcliffe for his latest murder. Sutcliffe was a mass sadistic murderer, and so is Benjamin Netanyahu, and he's been showing it for decades. And all you liberal journalists were not shy of saying so. Even just a few weeks ago, even in the month of October, before the 7th of October, you were not shy in giving your support to the mass movement on the streets of Israel to get rid of this mass sadistic murderer called Benjamin Netanyahu, who's just told you what he's going to do, put to death men, women, children, suckling infants, cattle, sheep, camels and donkeys, so don't say that you were not warned. Don't say that he deceived you. He tells you what he's going to do and your government gives it diplomatic cover at the United Nations, gives it money, billions upon billions of money, gives it weapons and sends your soldiers there to help him do it. There are 47 warships of the NATO powers currently in the Eastern Mediterranean. Bit of target practice coming up there, I predict. And even in the next hours, 
coming from, well, you know where. The American Special Forces, the Delta Force, are actually in Israel because crazy Joe Biden took a picture of himself shaking hands with them in Israel. A three-star American general is sitting in the Israeli war cabinet. Other generals are advising <laughs> on the success of Fallujah in Iraq. We're using poison gas and slaughtering thousands with earth-shattering and world-changing consequences in the impulse to the creation of ISIS and the alphabet soup of Islamist fanaticism. The Americans in charge of Fallujah are now in Israel advising on how to storm the refugee camps of Gaza. You comfortable with that? You're paying for it. You're propagandizing for it. Your media is the mouthpiece for it. Your regulatory authorities are taking down the television stations that dare to show what's actually happening. Al Jazeera, owned by the king of Qatar, who in turn owns about 30% of the blue chip property in London, a Western satrapy which houses the biggest American military base in the whole world, which has normalized its relations with Israel, it has a television station called Al Jazeera, and the British just took it off the air. You've got to go online looking for it if you want to watch Al Jazeera. That's having taken down many other television stations, closed down many other voices for peace and justice in the Middle East over these last months. You comfortable with that? These people that were never done telling you how civilized they were, how the West was a garden, has now begun a reign of terror against its own citizens, right to know what's being done on their dime in their name. Their own citizens right to protest in their own streets wearing whatever clothes they determine to wear. You comfortable with that? Now, in the time available to me, I want to give you a potted history lesson because I am sick of the sheep-like bray, actually more like a rat-like squeak that I hear and read on social media. Hamas, 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 it's Hamas. It's all down to Hamas. I want to give you some facts, not least because I've always been an opponent of Hamas. And I was there, a veteran of Palestinian affairs, before Hamas ever existed. Here's some things you do need to retain and use. The Nakba, the catastrophe which befell the Palestinian people, was in 1948. Write these numbers down. 1948. 800,000 Palestinians were driven from their land, from their houses, 
from their fields, many of them, most of them, from their country altogether. Others were massacred in infamous massacres, like Deir Yassin. Others slaughtered in smaller numbers, their villages burned and broken, and new Israeli settlements ultimately built on top of them. 1948. The PLO was not formed until 1964, almost 20 years later. In that almost 20 years, Israel carried out ethnic cleansing on a grand scale against the Palestinian people when they had no fighting organization, even a twinkle in the eye of Yasser Arafat, an undefended Palestinian people. Between 1948 and 1964 were ruthlessly, brutally extirpated where possible. Then the PLO came along. It was entirely secular. I know I was as close to it as it was possible to be. Yasser Arafat was like my older brother, even my father. I sat a thousand times in his company. They were a secular mass movement rooted in the then resurgent liberation struggle in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. They were a part of the camp of Patrice Lumumba. They were a part of the people of Benbella. They were a part of the people of Sandino. They were a part of the liberation movements, Frelimo, MPLA, and other freedom fighters all over the world. There was nothing Islamist about them at all. That was in 1964. Three years later, all of the West Bank, all of East Jerusalem, and all of the Gaza Strip was illegally, violently, militarily occupied by the State of Israel in 1967. Write that number down. 1967. Still no Hamas, PLO, three years old and not remotely able to rise up to their responsibility of defending the territories that were conquered illegally by Israel three years later in 1967 and which have been held in illegal military occupation ever since 1967. It's now towards the end of 2023. Between 1967 and the foundation of Hamas in 1987, a full 20 years later, the Palestinian population in the occupied territories seized in 1967 were ruthlessly extirpated, annihilated, driven into refugee camps, many of them in Gaza, until this day and night, until that 
refugee camp too is destroyed. There was no Hamas. There was no Islamists. But that didn't stop Israel imprisoning, deporting, murdering, torturing, and disinheriting hundreds of thousands of Palestinians. There was no Hamas to blame then because Hamas didn't exist until when I was there at the delivery. I was in Gaza whilst the new baby Hamas was being delivered in plain sight in 1987. I was there. All the PLO people were in jail or in the graveyard or in exile, declared totally illegal, unable to show their faces or lift their heads. But Hamas were facilitated by the Israeli occupation during that period running up to the foundation of Hamas in 1987. Everywhere, vans, minibuses, kindergartens, clinics, schools of the Islamic movement called Hamas under the nose of the Israeli occupation. Why did Israel do that? They wanted to divide the Palestinian people. They wanted to split the support for the PLO and divert a part of it to the Muslim Brotherhood School of Islam, of which Hamas was then and is now a part. They're not Hamas. Hamas are not ISIS. Hamas are not Al-Qaeda. They're the Muslim Brotherhood, which the British helped to bring into being in Egypt in the 1950s in order to weaken President Nasser, another leftist nationalist figure. You're beginning to see a pattern here, but just like Dr. Frankenstein, of course, once they had built Hamas, it quickly moved out of their control and became the dominant military political force defending the Palestinian people, particularly in Gaza. So don't try and tell me this is all about Hamas, or this is all about Islamism, because Israel was committing all of these crimes long before Hamas or Islamism ever existed in the Palestinian arena. And bringing it quickly up to date, Israel is murdering people in the West Bank right now, this minute. There's no Hamas in the West Bank. They're in Gaza. If Israel's fighting Hamas, why are they killing people in the West Bank every single day? And I've only time to say less than I wanted about one emblematic person who sums up this story I have just told you. Shireen Abu Atli was a Christian, Palestinian, American woman, journalist, who was murdered by the Israeli forces on the West Bank 
last year, who then attacked her coffin on its way into the church. I'm sure you saw that footage if you're a regular viewer here. If they were fighting Hamas, why did they murder a Christian, Palestinian, American woman broadcast journalist and then attack and desecrate her funeral, causing her coffin almost to fall down, her body, God forgive me, rattling about inside her coffin. Why did they do that if their enemy was Hamas? And you know what they did two days ago? They invaded the very street where they murdered Shireen, tore down any sign of her, and broke her monument into pieces. So no more. I don't want to hear your mindless prattle about Hamas. Stay tuned. This is going to be the mother of all talk shows.